Mega companies making mega profits triggering big jumps in share prices. The head of federal treasury warns against big budget cuts and sex, drugs and big business combine in one of the most unlikely stories of the year. It's Thursday the 17th of February 2022. Welcome to Fear and Greed, the business podcast that sets you up for a successful day. I'm Michael Thompson and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Do you know one of the best things about Orange, where I'm broadcasting from this week? Uh, Is it the wine? Ah, it probably is the wine, actually. Everything is five minutes away. So if you want to go to a winery, if you want to go to a restaurant, if you want to visit a friend, everything is five minutes away. You know when you live in the city, everything's about 40 minutes away? I think I might move to the country. Well, what you're saying is basically the argument that every single person who has ever moved to a regional centre makes that it is the convenience, it is the lifestyle, it is even the weather feels nice. Uh, the weather is great out here. You know what, Sean? I think it's time we moved fear and greed to the country. What do you reckon? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Now, Michael, I know you've spoken to one of my all-time favourite journalists today, Peter Harcher, about what's happening in geopolitics and particularly the tensions between Russia and the US. He really, really is good, Pete. How was it? Oh, it's fantastic. And look, while you're out of town, I took the opportunity to nudge you out of the way and conduct the, <laughs> <laughs> conduct the interview myself. And it is a really interesting chat. Peter knows this space so well. And it's a, it's a really good description of kind of what's happening both on the, on the global stage and also what it all means for the election campaign back here. But look, that's all coming up later. First, we've got plenty to talk about, Sean, and three top 20 companies reported yesterday. CSL's share price jumped nearly 9% after upgrading profit guidance. It looks like Australia's biggest healthcare company is back on track. Yes, and that's pretty much what CEO Paul Perot said yesterday. Remember earlier in the week, we were talking about the fact that CSL's share price had fallen by more than 20% so far this year. Now, the blood plasma business has been hit hard by COVID, but Mr. Pro said things were becoming more normal, in part because of greater social mobility and also increased health measures implemented by the company itself. CSL is a massive company, Michael. We sort of forget about that. Revenue for the six months to December was $8.4 billion. Net profit fell slightly to $2.5 billion. These are really big numbers. And the company itself is worth $125 billion, only behind BHP and Commonwealth Bank. Really good result for them yesterday. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago that it was actually the number one company on the ASX 200. It hasn't had a good COVID. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Now, the next top 20 company to report yesterday was Fortescue Metals, and the company cut its dividend after announcing a 32% drop in net profit. Yes, that means Andrew Forrest, the major shareholder, will now receive less than $1 billion for the half-year payout. Tough times for Mr Forrest. Mind you, 12 months ago when iron ore prices were peaking, Mr. Forrest's payout was about $1.6 billion, so he's still got plenty in the bank. Fortescue's lower profit reflected higher labour, fuel and shipping costs. It's such a consistent theme across the earnings season this year. Its net profit was $3.8 billion and its share price initially fell sharply, though by the end of the day it clawed its way back and finished down 2%. And Sean, oil and gas giant Santos said its underlying profit tripled for the full year to the end of December. Why? Well, oil and gas prices soared and that meant it had plenty of cash on hand. It's a really interesting company at the moment. Like all oil and gas companies, it's pushing against investors who are wishing it to go green. It's just completed its merger of oil search, but it also wants to sell assets in Alaska and Papua New Guinea. It's now the 17th largest company on the ASX. 
even after its share price fell nearly 3% yesterday. Just one of those companies that's really pushing against the grain a bit because it's an oil and gas company. It'll be really interesting to see how it goes over the next two, three years. Okay, we'll have more profit results, some really interesting stories a bit later on. But what about local equity markets yesterday? What happened? Well, the local share market added 1.1% to finish at 7,285 points. It was all about earnings results. Among the large caps, BHP and Commonwealth Bank were both lower. Goodman Group was up 3.6% and Aristocrat Leisure rose more than 2%. There's really big share price swings going on at the moment. For example, yesterday, Lithium Group Liontown Resources jumped 18% after it said it had signed a deal with electric vehicle maker Tesla. On the other side of the coin, NetWealth's profit announcement disappointed, triggering a 10% fall in its share price. Basically, you can't afford to miss earnings guidance at the moment. Okay, what about international markets? Well, Michael, Wall Street was lower overnight, despite figures showing US retail sales rose their most in 10 months. The risk of conflict in Ukraine and the impact of mounting inflation pressures continued to dominate discussions. One interesting stock overnight, Michael, was Viacom's CBS, which of course owns the 10 network in Australia. It held an investor day and consequently its share price fell 20%. European markets were mixed. Swedish-based Ericsson admitted it may have made payments to the ISIS terror organisation to gain access to certain transport routes in Iraq. The current CEO said the company had identified unusual expenses dating back to 2018 and they were still seeking to understand exactly what they were. Brent crude is back above at 95 US dollars a barrel, Gold was up again overnight, while the Aussie dollar is buying just under 72 US cents. All right, we'll be back in a moment with the rest of the day's business news. Sean, there's plenty of stories around to discuss today, and this feels like a little bit of a leading question, but what was happening in Canberra yesterday? Well, all the normal argy-bargy, Michael. Now, remember on Tuesday, the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, made a song and dance about passing laws to make it easier to deport foreign criminals. But yesterday, Immigration Minister Alex Hawke conceded it could be too late to do so ahead of the next election. The Prime Minister was also under fire over reports he was going to sack stood-aside Cabinet Minister Alan Tudge, who had an affair with his public relations manager and allegedly was verbally abusive. Mr Morrison said he hadn't quite decided what to do yet. The Coalition continues to push the line that Labor is in cahoots with the Greens and also that the opposition would be a high-taxing government. There was debate about aged care deaths and whether China was supporting the ALP. Nothing unusual, Michael. Yep, just another day in Canberra, Sean. And what about the latest COVID news? Well, unvaccinated international travellers entering Queensland will no longer have to quarantine in hotels. That's probably good news for them, I suppose. Queensland recorded 6,600 cases yesterday and 12 deaths. New South Wales recorded 10,500 cases and 27 deaths. And Victoria recorded 8,100 cases and 18 deaths. Western Australia cases topped 100 for the first time with 128 local transmissions. Okay. Now, the Federal Treasury Secretary, Stephen Kennedy, was before Senate estimates yesterday, Sean. Always something interesting to say. Well, he's about as important as the Reserve Bank boss, Philip Lowe, in the economics world, so he certainly deserves a good hearing. He's the main advisor, of course, to Josh Frydenberg and the coalition government. Now, Mr Kennedy warned of the risks of persistently low interest rates and advised against federal budget cuts too early that would prevent the central bank from lifting rates. The important point here, Michael, is that fiscal policy, that's taxes, and monetary policy, interest rates, must work together. So if you go hard on one, then the other needs to balance it out. Mr Kennedy also said the unemployment rate could fall into the threes or low fours, and productivity growth was important in determining wage rises. 
All right. So this is it, Sean. I don't know really how you're going to get through this because this story has a little bit of everything, but it's the story that I teased you about earlier on. It involves a small ASX-listed company, Lark Distilling. Yes. Now, the chief executive of the whiskey maker, a guy called Jeff Bainbridge, quit yesterday to manage a personal matter, is how it was put. Now, that personal matter is an alleged case of international extortion involving an explicit video of Mr. Bainbridge in which he appears to be smoking a methamphetamine pipe. The video was obtained by the Australian newspaper on Tuesday night. On it, Mr. Bainbridge appears to talk about getting high and then engaging in sexual activities. He's a co-founder of Burger Chain Grilled. That's how he's best known. Now, Mr. Bainbridge released a statement yesterday saying he attended a gathering during visit to Southeast Asia. He doesn't remember much about the night, but footage emerged the next day. Mr. Bainbridge said he'd been the subject of a sophisticated, continuing and recently escalated extortion. He's already paid some money to the extortionists. Now, I'm quoting him here. I'm a victim of extortion, but that wouldn't have occurred without my poor judgment. I'm deeply remorseful for my own actions. Now, Lark's share price fell 20% yesterday after Mr. Brainbridge stepped down. I would say, Michael, not a very typical business story for fear and greed. No, it's a little bit colourful. Colourful. It's very serious. It's a very serious issue, but uh, you just don't sort of get, you don't get that much colour in a business story very often. It is, Sean, however, very fear and greed, wouldn't you say? Ah, well said. Yes. Now, it's a very busy time at the moment, Sean, for investors with profit season in full swing. We've already talked about CSL, Fortescue Metals and Santos. What about some of the other big names to report yesterday? Well, there were plenty of them. Let's just pick the highlights. Treasury Wine said it's going to increase the price of some high-end wines to try and claw back rising supply chain costs. So if you normally buy a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, for example, you might have to pay a bit more. Of course, its last year was dominated by China putting in big tariffs on Treasury's imports. Investors think Treasury has done a pretty good job repositioning itself, notwithstanding an 8% drop in half-year profit. Its share price jumped almost 12% yesterday. Corporate travel management said key markets were recovering from this COVID-induced slowdown. The company lost less money in the six months to December compared to the previous half-year. Most of those groups aren't actually making money yet. Boss Jamie Ferris said government restrictions late last year meant November through to January were pretty disastrous, but both North America and Europe have bounced back. Corporate travel management is now the world's fourth largest business travel manager. Its share price jumped 8% yesterday. And Breville, the kitchen appliance maker and one of my favourites, said global supply chain issues and inflation were causing challenges and pressures on prices persist. As a result, the group has been buying up to bolster its inventories. Breville announced a 25% jump in profit, helping push its share price up 2.3%. I love how Breville is is really not one of the biggest companies on the ASX, not by a considerable margin, but you always find a way to squeeze it in. (laughs) (laughs) You only had room to fit three companies in today and you made sure that Breville was one of them. (laughs) Well, not often does a company become synonymous with an action and I always, you know, I eat a Breville, is how I put it, not a toasted sandwich. The actual company name has become the product. That's my theory. And just very quickly, your favourite sandwich combination you've told us before? Uh, salami, cheese and chutney. Thank you. All always. right. Now, an interesting result yesterday as well, Sean, was Vicinity, the shopping mall owner. It has had a, a tough run. It has, but yesterday it announced a turnaround profit of $650 million thanks to property revaluations. More important, earnings from ongoing operations were also higher and it's pleasing to see that gross rental billings 
averaged 80% for the six months of December. What's that mean? Tenants are back paying rent. Vicinity share price jumped 11% yesterday. Okay, Sean, what's making headlines in today's news media? The Australian is reporting that up to 700 BHP employees are expected to be sacked or forced to quit for refusing to be vaccinated as a mining giant rolls out its COVID vaccine mandate across the nation. And the Australian is also reporting that flight from capital cities to regional Australia was 15% higher during the past two years compared to 2018 and 2019. That's according to the Regional Australia Institute. The Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast local government areas had the largest number of people moving in from the big cities. All right, running through some of the other stories around today, mining billionaire Clive Palmer has accused WA Premier Mark McGowan of labelling him equivalent to a drug dealer over the United Australia Party leader's purchase of hydroxychloroquine and attempting to use him as a scapegoat ahead of a state election, according to the Financial Review. Palmer is suing McGowan for defamation relating to six statements by the Premier. McGowan has launched a counterclaim alleging he was defamed eight times by the United Australia Party leader. Very interesting one to watch, that one. It is. It's been very entertaining the last few days, that one. Victoria will bid for the 2026 Commonwealth Games, competing against South Australia and Tasmania for hosting rights. Victoria has entered into an exclusive dialogue agreement with the Commonwealth Games Federation, pushing for a Games hosted by Ballarat, Geelong and Melbourne. A final agreement is expected in April. Now, foreign affairs officials, Sean, have declined to identify any evidence that the Chinese government is backing Anthony Albanese to become Prime Minister. Independent Senator Rex Patrick asked officials in Senate estimates whether they'd seen anything to support the government's claim that Mr Albanese was China's favoured candidate in the upcoming election. An official said there'd been no communication on the Australian election from the Chinese embassy. However, of course, in the last couple of days, we have seen the unofficial mouthpiece for the Chinese Communist Party, the Global Times, declaring that Anthony Albanese would be a better prime minister than Scott Morrison. The federal government's jobmaker scheme has only managed to create 7,357 jobs compared to the 450,000 it intended to generate when the scheme was announced in October 2020, according to the Sydney Morning Herald. During Senate estimates yesterday, Labor Senator Katie Gallagher said the scheme had fallen well short of expectations when told by Treasury officials how few employers had used the program since the scheme was created at the end of January. And ANZ, Sean, has upped its forecasts for house prices this year, but it's not all good news, unfortunately, with falls expected next year as higher interest rates bite. The lender forecasts Brisbane prices to jump 16% this year, Adelaide to rise 11%, Sydney, Canberra and Hobart 9%, Melbourne 5% and Perth and Darwin 3%. Looking overseas now, and what's the key international news this morning, Sean? Well, the World Health Organisation is encouraged by a drop in global COVID-19 cases and a higher proportion of the less severe Omicron variant. Total cases fell 17% last week with a big fall in US cases. The seven-day moving average in Australia is now at its lowest point this year. Staying on COVID, Chinese President Xi Jinping called on Hong Kong officials to take all necessary measures to control the city's COVID outbreak. It was the most public intervention yet from Beijing, and analysts suggest it may indicate more stringent measures on Hong Kong demanded by Beijing. And Michael, the heat has somewhat come out of the Ukraine crisis. US President Joe Biden said there is still plenty of room for diplomacy. Moscow earlier said military units were returning to their home bases, though there's been no official confirmation of that. 
After talks with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, Russian President Vladimir Putin said he was prepared to hold negotiations on intermediate nuclear missile forces and confidence-building measures if the US and NATO agreed to discuss Moscow's grievances with the transatlantic alliance, including its chief demand that it pledged to never admit Ukraine. Okay, up next is the Fear and Greed Daily interview with Peter Harcher, and we go into the Ukraine crisis in some detail. He has a really interesting and very informed opinion on it. Definitely worth a listen. And we also have a look at whether Anthony Albanese has what it takes to beat Scott Morrison at the next election, or whether it is going to end up being an election that's fought over national security, which is an area that typically favours the coalition. Interesting chat, Sean, if I may say so myself. I'm sure you did a great job, Michael. Oh, thanks. That's up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you, Michael. It's Thursday, the 17th of February, 2022. Make sure you're following the podcast and join us online on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day.